The early signing window is open, my friends, and BYU has signed a number of their members of the 2024 recruiting class. There will still be some surprise additions, I'm sure, in the coming days and weeks leading up to actual National Signing Day in early February. We're talking about the guys who did sign today, and we're also talking about the news and notes we learned from Signing Day, including uh, some updates on guys returning for 2024, as well as an incoming freshman who got a scholarship uh, overall. We'll talk about all of it ahead on Locked on Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, and today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, you want to make the best hire possible for your business. The best part is LinkedIn is here to help you guys find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's dive right in. BYU celebrating the early signing window opening, and obviously it's open for three days. So technically, uh, by the time I publish this episode, it'll actually just be Wednesday evening, but uh, obviously, there's still chances for guys to sign on Thursday or Friday before the signing period closes, and then there will be a, a moratorium, a, I guess a dead period, as it were, as BYU will enjoy the holidays, and then the coaches get right back after it in January, and then they will have a National Signing Day officially in early February. So there's still about a month and, and change to go here for BYU uh, to get the majority of this class done, and then, oh, by the way, there's this little thing called the transfer portal cycle that goes until early January still. And then another portal cycle at the end of spring camp. Let's just put it this way. BYU's roster for the 2024 football season is far, I mean far from complete. But the good news is I really like what BYU's done overall. Uh, as of recording this podcast, BYU's sitting in the mid-50s in terms of uh, where things are ranked on 24-7 sports team rankings with the potential to still continue to go up uh, depending on who they sign in this uh, transfer portal slash recruiting cycle. And that's a positive sign for BYU. I have said if BYU truly wants to contend and be a player in the Big 12 Conference, you need to have BYU recruiting ideally inside the top 40 nationally, if not higher than that. But uh, moving from where they were in the 60s and the 70s the past couple of years to where they're in the 50s now, that's a positive sign for BYU. There's still going to be some jostling going on, obviously, with uh, teams around them, but uh, BYU has done, I think, a very, very good job of going out and trying to find the right guys to fit this football program and fill holes at the same time, both with junior college, transfer portal, and high school athletes. That's the nice mix that BYU has. Is they utilize all three of those avenues of roster adi- uh, roster additions. Yeah, roster additions. Uh, I thought they did very, very well with that. Kalani Satake and his... Uh, coordinators, both Aaron Roderick and Jay Hill were effusive in their praise of their assistant coaches. Uh, One important thing that I think has been overlooked in all of this is that both coaches said that BYU did a very good job retaining the guys that they had in the program. The number of programs out there, when the season ends, you see this influx of guys entering the transfer portal, and BYU had some guys enter the portal, but really outside of John Henry Daly, who of those transfer portal entrants for BYU uh, do you really consider to be a guy or a dude you think could be an impact 
impact player for BYU down the road. And I think if you also look at the offers, the guys from BYU got that are in the portal have gotten slash are are getting. Will tell you, I think everything you need to know, and I, I got nothing against those young men. They're looking out for their best interest in their future. Uh, but when uh, John Henry Daly, as far as I am aware, is the only one that has gotten a Power Five or a Power Four offer, and he ended up, ended up at the University of Utah, I think that says a lot. And BYU did retain the vast majority of their guys that were contributors that have eligibility remaining. Now, there's some questions still remaining. Guys like Ben Bywater, who had said on the record that he was uh, firmly uh, looking at the NFL after this season, but that injury. I don't know how it's going to affect his decision. That is still looming out there. But we got two announcements yesterday, one of which uh, those of you who are in our subtext community knew about as well as on this podcast uh, that are coming back for 2024 are uh, wide receiver Keanu Hill as well as offensive tackle Braden Kime. Now Aaron Roderick, BYU's offensive coordinator did also lift the, uh, I guess the veil or the the secrecy around uh, Keanu Hill saying that Hill is going to move to tight end for BYU. He did say that he struggled to keep his weight down and I can assure you that Keanu Hill is a well-put-together athlete. And he said that he's uh, struggled to keep his weight around 220 to 225 at six foot four. They said, you know what? Why not just let him uh, kind of rise to the natural weight his body wants to settle at 235, 240 pounds, and put him at tight end? Now, I can assure you guys you're not going to see Keanu Hill putting his hand in the dirt. I'd be very, very surprised to see him in a three-point stance. What I can say, though, is Keanu Hill can play a role. Think of what Dennis Pitta, uh, uh, Terrence, uh, what's it, was it Terrence? That no, wasn't Terrence Fall. Terrence Fall's a former BYU wide receiver. Um, Terrence Houck is who I'm talking about. Uh, guys like J- Johnny Harleen. Think of those true split-out Y uh, tight ends that didn't ever really play more than a glorified wide receiver role, but were listed as tight ends on BYU use roster. That's the role that Keanu Hill is going to play, and I think it'll be absolutely awesome because he's got wide receiver instincts, he's got very good wheels, and as Aaron Roderick said, he's an incredible inline blocker, whether it's a tight end, wide receiver, wherever you line him up. He's a ready and willing blocker, and that's going to serve him well at tight end. The other thing about it is the tight end group did need a boost in terms of his overall talent base. You obviously have Jackson Bowers there. You also have Reiner Swanson coming in as a member of this recruiting class. You also have guys uh, that were on the roster last year, including Ray Paulo, as well as Mataava Taase, etc. But I think a guy like Keanu Hill, you can expect that he will be firmly in the mix, if not outright starting for BYU at tight end. But it's more of that split-out tight end is the role I envision vision for him. Now, Braden Kime also returning is a positive sign for BYU because he obviously established himself as a starter at tackle for BYU last year. I would imagine that they'll give him a look at left tackle, but I think his better position probably is to play that right tackle spot. But the nice part is he's got experience now. He's a big body, all of six foot eight, six foot nine, and with another year of progression of working on his skills, how much better can he be along, along that offensive line? That obviously adds to a, a group like uh, Connor Pay returning as well for that offensive line that gives them some of that senior leadership, some of those leaders that can step in and really uh, play a big role for BYU. And then the one other note with regards to a return missionary uh, for BYU, Joe Brown, is a name some of you might recall from a couple years back, uh, originally committed to BYU as a preferred walk-on, had originally, I think, committed to Virginia when Bronco Mendenhall was there, but when Mendenhall stepped down from his job, Joe was looking at all of his options and committed to BYU as a preferred walk-on out of Lone Peak High School up in Alpine, Utah. Uh, According to Aaron Rodgers, 
Broderick, uh, Joe Brown will now be on scholarship. They said after watching his film and evaluating things, they feel like he is as good, if not better, than the other offensive line, and they potentially could have allotted that scholarship too, and they're going to give him that scholarship as he comes home off of his mission. And I can tell you, having watched Joe Brown play, that dude is an absolute mauler. He's a road grader. I think he's a future starter at guard for BYU, maybe even center if everything uh, goes according to plan. But uh, him getting home off of a mission with a scholarship in hand, I think it's a positive sign and shows how much talent uh, there really is out there for BYU to draw from. And I'll get to this later on uh, in the week as well. I need to get a better list of all of the returned missionaries the BYU has uh, in terms of who they're going to be able to add to the roster, and we'll do a, a breakdown of that at some point here in the near future once I get a better idea of all of that, because the biggest thing with return missionaries, a lot of guys gray shirt and do sit out a semester or two before actually enrolling, so I need to do some research on that, and we'll have more for you, but I think the overall sense is that BYU did a very good job, A, retaining talent inside the football program, B, adding talent, and the like I said, the, you're ranked in the 50s now, that's an uptick from a year ago, the overall uh, average ranking for BYU on 24-7 sports, I think it was 80 six and change, which is an, an, a market increase for BYU as well. And don't let all the three-star uh, notes uh, uh, dissuade you from thinking BYU hasn't improved their recruiting base. Three stars, as a couple of you learned when I was going back and forth with you on subtext recently, there are not all three-star athletes are made the same. Uh, the thing about 24-7 sports and uh, on three in those rankings out there is they actually offer very, very few guys five-star status. Typically, they think it's like 30 to 35 guys get that. They're essentially saying these five Five-star guys are potential first-round draft picks at the NFL level in three or four years. The four-star talents are kind of that group beyond that. I would say between 60 to 100 guys get that designation, maybe a few more. And then the vast majority, or I should say the majority of athletes in the recruiting cycles are three-star athletes. A low three-star, uh, 80 to 84 is, okay, a decent player. But if you get to like the 88 level, a guy like Ephraim Asiata is, that's nearing four-star ter- territory. So not all three-stars are made the same, but three-star talents are considered to be power five level football players by and large. So BYU is bringing in power five level, or I guess like at the line of demarcation of what they need to have in this football program. You'd like to see them continue to get an uptick here. Start to land more and more four-stars. Guys like Reiner Swanson are awesome to have, but you'd like to see three, maybe four four-star guys. And heaven forbid, every so often, a five-star talent uh, landing at BYU. That would go a long way to helping BYU elevate their football program, but that's going to take some time because the biggest thing for BYU is, and a couple of you said, well, Jake, you, you've been com- complaining about BYU's recruiting staff. They still need resources. They absolutely need to have more recruiting staffers on staff. The fact that the assistant coaches at BYU have the majority of the work on their plate to do the recruiting of these athletes, it takes away from their uh, work with actual players in the football program. Having full-time staffers behind them, sending out text messages, loving up these young men, and letting them know that BYU is thinking about them goes an incredibly long way uh, towards uh, getting talent and more talent inside the BYU football program and takes some of that stress off of these assistant coaches who are already stretched extremely thin. So, yeah, you can say that I'm 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 crowing about BYU's recruiting class. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to crow about it, but I still I'm I'm I'm, I'm broke a record on this. More resources need to be poured into the recruiting staff at BYU. Three full-time staffers and a bunch of part-time students aren't going to hack it, especially when multiple G5 programs have more than double full t- that uh, in terms of full-time staffers around them. So, 
increase the budgets, give BYU the resources they need, and you will continue to see an uptick in BYU's recruiting efforts. I can assure you of that. Money talks, folks, in all facets of football. The more money you pour into a program, the better the results are going to be. It, it's, just a, it's a direct correlation. Obviously, you need to be smart with the resources and allocate them uh, the right way. But the more resources that are in these football programs, think of the top dogs out there, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Texases of the world. They pour millions upon millions in to their football programs, and they reap the benefits from that. I'm not saying that BYU needs to uh, just pour every dime they have in their budget into football, but there can be a market increase in the overall budget for BYU football from the Brigham Young University Athletic Department. I can assure you of that. It needs to happen, and I will continue to stomp on that until I start to see uh, more resources being poured in. I would love to see them uh, come out and say, Jake, you're dead wrong. Here's what we've done, because I would love to eat crow on that, but right now, it needs to happen. All right. Uh, so there you go. That's some of the news and notes on what's going on with BYU overall when it comes to signing day. Some positives, obviously, with Keanu Hill as well as Braden Keim returning. Joe Brown getting that scholarship, I think, is a very, very good thing for him. And obviously, uh, BYU celebrating all the guys they brought in. We're going to spend the remaining uh, addition, uh, remaining time on this podcast with my superlatives. Me uh, breaking down just some quick thoughts on each one of the guys who have signed at BYU. And we'll get into that as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn wants to help you guys out when it comes to hiring. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you guys need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster, and more importantly, they do it for free, everybody. LinkedIn is not just another job board out there. It is a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place uh, to go and hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates out there available to your company. So easy that, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of their job post. Uh, LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire adequately. That's where they want to step in and help you guys out. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy, and they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker as well. So post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post that job for free once again. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home, you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, everybody. Uh, Perry Homes has got a house for you for 50 years. You, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points, all designed with you, the consumer, in mind to meet your needs. They have beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties, as well as multiple communities in Washington County near St. George as well. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes. And the best part is they even have quick moving homes available if you're ready to make the move right away and they're offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender as well so get on it today my friends and visit perryhomesutah.com to see what's new new in utah's finest neighborhoods that's perry p-e-r-r-y uh, perryhomesutah.com to learn more from our friends at perry homes of course for 50 years utah has been coming home to perry homes Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. If you've not done so already, please subscribe uh, to our subtext community. It's a way for you to interact with the show directly, uh, essentially uh, text back and forth with myself. You want a direct line of communication, it does cost $4.99 a month, but you get a 14-day free trial, two weeks, to see if it's the right option for you. I'm passing along insider tidbits. There is going to be, a let's just say, a hiring announcement coming relatively soon that a number of you on subtext were the first to know about, uh, so stay tuned uh, on that. You can uh, hit the link in the show notes. All you 
got to do is enter your phone number and then fill out some information, and then you're you're in the community. You'll get text messages from myself. You can text me directly as well. It's a really, really fun way to interact with the show, interact with me. Uh, hopefully, you find that entertaining. Oh, and also, uh, it's a way to support the podcast as well. Obviously, it takes money to do what we do here on the show, and you guys and uh, parting with uh, your money is a big part of that. So thank you in advance for doing so, and, and check that out. All right, a uh, couple of notes here uh, for you with regards to, uh, to BYU and their signing class. Now, I'm going to uh, do this uh, in alphabetical order. We're calling this signing day superlatives uh, for BYU, and it's nothing that's uh, completely out, out, out of the ordinary. I think other football uh, podcasts out there do this, but I'm going to essentially go player by player so far in BYU signing class, and by the time this show uh, comes out, I am fully expecting uh, Kenny Laufonohema to have signed with BYU. So let's start off with Kenny Laufonohema for a moment. Uh, obviously, a, a, a star out of Springville High School, Fonohema came on very, very strong over the past year. Very, very impressed with his overall skill set. He's got the pass rush ability that can help bolster BYU's pass rush. We know that this is a program that needs to see an uptick in an overall production uh, from its sacks and everything else uh, that BYU wants to have from their defense. We'll got Kenny Laufonohema Hema adds to an incredibly strong front seven a class for BYU and only bolsters what I'm expecting to be a much better defensive front for BYU and fully expecting him uh, to be a key part of the BYU football program down the road. Up next, uh, Terrian or Trey Alexander III, a defensive back out of Southwest DeKalb High School in uh, Georgia in the Atlanta area. Trey uh, uh, Alexander, folks, he's got all the size you want. Six foot two, uh, listed at 165 pounds. And the best part about this is Trey Alexander is a true recruiting find and win for the BYU football program. Kelly Papinga knows the Atlanta area having recruited, went down there, found Trey Alexander, and then a guy like General Guilford starts to sell him on the football program, and despite interest from his hometown school in Georgia Tech, etc., he sticks with BYU. Very excited to see this kid come across the country, and I am fully expecting him to be a starter for BYU in due time at cornerback. He's got all the skills, the size, the speed, the weight uh, eventually will come, but the thing is you, you, you're excited to see this kid do what he's capable of doing because he did it at the high school level and that should translate very well uh, to BYU in their Big 12 era. Ephraim Asiata from uh, Harriman High School, six foot three, two hundred ten pound linebacker. We talked about him on yesterday's podcast. But the best part about Ephraim Asiata is he's overcome incredible odds. At one point, he was given a one percent chance to live after surviving a shooting uh, near his high school during his high school days. It killed two of his teammates or his classmates, I should say. And incredibly sad situation, but to have a 1% chance to live a diagnosis given to him and to overcome all that and nonetheless not just uh, kind of go on with life, but to return to the gridiron and be an incredible football player, there's nothing that feels like this Ephraim Asiata kid can't do, and I'm very excited to see him be a part of the BYU football program. And the best part is he's got the capability of playing at all three levels as a linebacker. What I mean by that is he's got the ability to rush the pass, which is probably his chief strength. He can play the run. He's extremely violent at the point of attack, and he's even got the ability to drop into coverage. So this is a very, very nice pickup uh, for BYU uh, as, a, as a pass rusher. Now, uh, next up is Ciosefa Brown. We already talked about a guy like Kenny Laufonohema. Well, Ciosefa Brown has kind of been overlooked. He's been 
been committed to BYU for quite some time. Six foot four, 210 pound pass rusher out of Highland High School up in Salt Lake City area. Sefa Brown is going to be another elite a pass rush specialist off the edge for BYU. I really like uh, what Brown brings to the table for BYU. I-, I said that a lot of people I think have overlooked uh, what he is uh, capable of because he's been committed for so long. Uh, but do not uh, uh, overlook his talent because he's he was the best player on his high school team in an otherwise forgettable season for the Highland Rams. But this kid was double and triple teamed routinely and still was making sacks, forcing turnovers and the like. That's the mark of a very, very good football player. Up next, we go back to the defensive backfield. Jonathan Cabea out of Byron Nelson High School down in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. One thing I like about Cabea is it's another entrance, I guess, for BYU into the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex with regards to recruiting. BYU needs to see an uptick in bringing guys out of Texas to BYU. Well, Cabea helps do that. And that doesn't even start to talk about his overall skill set. He's got the ability to be a returner for BYU, both kick and punt return, but also will be, I think, a very, very capable cornerback for BYU. He's five foot 10, 170 pounds, so he's not necessarily the long athlete that a guy like Trey Alexander is. But here's the thing: not all guys are blessed with a six foot three frame, and Cabea still makes the most. And five foot ten is plenty tall enough for an effective cornerback at the Big 12 level. I'm excited to see what Cabea can do for BYU because he's got a lot of skills. And like I said, he can play on special teams and defense. That's a, a, a double win for BYU there. Up next is our first uh, transfer portal edition. That's Jack Kelly, linebacker out of Weber State. We talked about him when he originally committed to BYU. He is a, a Kyle Van Noy-esque type p- football player. What I mean by that is, has the ability to make plays all over the football field. Interceptions, strip sacks, sacking the quarterback, being an effective run stopper on defense. Jack Kelly was a guy that uh, came out of Kearns High School and really was hurt by the uh, pandemic ongoing. Didn't get to really show what he's capable of at some of these recruiting uh, uh, events that seem to happen around the country like a number of other kids. Ultimately went to uh, Weber State in his 10th Talent has just really flourished there, and BYU is going to benefit from this because he has more than he's got two years at least, as far as I'm aware, at least two years of eligibility remaining coming to BYU. I love this kid. Uh, speaking of Jack Kelly, I could very easily see him stepping into the role that a guy like Max Tooley is exited for BYU. He's got that type of capability to come in and make plays right away, and I'm fully expecting Jack Kelly to be a potential day one starter for BYU if all goes well. Uh, next, our first uh, specialist of the of the of the breakdowns here. Brody Laga out of Mountain Ridge High School. 5'11", 160 pounds. A lefty kicker, folks. we got a southpaw. As a fellow southpaw, I am all in favor of Brody Laga. The best part is, as a southpaw, doesn't take anything away from what he what he has on that left leg. He's got a monster leg. He's expected to serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints before enrolling at BYU, but once Brody returns from his mission, expect to see that southpaw kicking style uh, make a return to BYU. It's actually kind of unorthodox in a way because a lot of people are so used to seeing right-footed kickers, but Brody Laga, I really, really like what he's got. Uh, he's got the ability to kick at 60 yards on field goals, so you cannot uh, overlook the fact that BYU needs as many solid kickers in the pipeline as they can get, and Brody Laga adds to that mix. Up next, Matthias Leach, back to Texas we go. Uh, Leach was a very quiet commit to the BYU football program. He's going to be a safety for BYU at six foot three, 175 pounds, a long, rangy athlete, exactly what Jay Hill wants from his safety guys. He loves guys who can uh, line up against a, uh, a tight end just as well as they can line up against a wide receiver and also come up and make plays when it comes to bringing down a running back. That's what Matthias Leach flashes on film. He's a 
willing tackler, but also capable of dropping into coverage and making plays in the secondary. I really like uh, Leach's skill set, and I look forward to seeing him uh, play for BYU because I think he's got all the potential in the world uh, to be a very, very solid football player for the BYU football program. All right, we will continue with these uh, superlatives in just a moment. I uh, got a couple more, not more than a couple more, to get through. Maybe a little bit of an extended edition on this uh, podcast. But nonetheless, uh, stick with us. We'll talk more about uh, all these members of the signing class for BYU. And we'll break those down here momentarily. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Now, FanDuel has been with us all uh, football season long, but more importantly, as the temperatures get colder, the NFL offers stay hot with our friends at FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Simply put, it's $150 if your team wins. Seems simple enough, my friends, right? Well, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in, in on the action and do it right now uh, than with FanDuel. The app is easy to use. they got daily specials. They're always available. You can also go to uh, bet on basketball, whatever you're looking for. In the sports universe, you want futures odds on college football next year. I'm sure those will be up very, very soon. Baseball, they've got it all. Just simply put, FanDuel has got you covered, guys. they got spreads, player props, over-unders, and many, many more options for you guys. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and have some fun. Uh, this NFL, f- basketball, whatever season you're into, it's all courtesy of your friends at, N- at-, at FanDuel. <laughs> the NFL, the FanDuel, you know, got it, same thing. But FanDuel.com slash LockedOn is where you get started. It's all courtesy of FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to remind you guys that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 uh, streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today. It is here for you 24-7, com- uh, covering the top stories of the day with local experts from Locked On as well as our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel right now. Now, all right, back to our uh, our sub our superlatives of what's going on uh, with BYU signing class. So we last left off with Matthias Leach. Let's make a trip to California, shall we? Let's talk about Blake Lowe out of Chaparral High School in the Temecula area. Blake Lowe is going to go on a mission uh, and then will return and is expected to play linebacker for BYU. Six foot three, 205 pounds, so a little bit light right now for a linebacker, but as many of us know, you go on a mission and you can very quickly uh, add on the weight and the size that is required to make a position change, and Blake Lowe has got the skills to be a guy that I think can be let's say like a Ben Bywater type down the line, where he's capable of playing in the middle of BYU use defense, barking out orders, making plays sideline to sideline. He's got all of that capability, and I look forward to seeing a low in a couple of years. I know it uh, seems like a long time for a number of these guys when they do uh, ultimately finally enroll at BYU, but keep an eye on the name of Blake Lowe down the road. Our first quarterback uh, comes into the mix here, Noah Lugo out of Eaton High School down in Texas. Lugo is going to enroll in January, and he'll have a chance to compete in spring ball, folks. Do not overlook Lugo's uh, talent. He is a true dual threat. As Aaron Aaron Roderick pointed out he is a state champion or state uh, contender, I should say, in uh, the hurdles in track. He's got legit track speed, but he's got an arm to complement it as a football player. BYU is very lucky to flip him in the recruiting process from UTSA and looking forward to seeing what he can do. The best part is he wears the lucky number 13. I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, suit up for BYU. Uh, the Nakua name is up next. Tei Nakua. Now, this is the fifth and final member of the Nakua clan to play for BYU. It's incredible. A legacy has been a forge for, wow, we're going on a decade at this point, and Tei Nakua adds to the mix. Uh, 
Obviously, his older brothers, guys like Kai and uh, Puka, were stars for BYU. Well, Tate Nakua is just scratching kind of the surface of his potential as a wide receiver for BYU, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's capable of down the road. Six foot two, 180 pounds, probably had his best high school performances in his final uh, games of the state playoffs this past fall. Very, very impressed with uh, Tate, and as he continues to kind of work on and hone his craft, there's no thought to, in my mind that Nakua won't be a star for BYU because everybody else who's played for BYU that's been in Nakua has been a star. So let's see more of that. Up next, we stay in Utah County with Jet Nelson out of uh, out of American Fork High School. They list him as a wide receiver on BYU's signing sheet, six foot five, two hundred and ten pounds. I've got the thought that after a mission, he may grow into playing tight end for BYU, a la a guy like uh, Keanu Hill. But Jet Nelson was a guy that, uh, similar to what we talked with Co. Sefa Brown earlier, is a guy that has been over look because he uh, committed to BYU so long ago that a lot of people have probably forgotten about him, but he's got the skills that pay the bills. Great size, solid speed, and great hands. It's, it's a, a great combination. BYU has been served well by bringing guys from American Fork High School at wide receiver into their football program. Look no further than Chase Roberts, and uh, I can assure you that Jet Nelson is looking to add to that legacy. Uh, Viliami Pua, who is a, 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 a son of BYU defensive tackles coach Sione Pua, uh, originally committed to Utah out of high school, served a mission, has come home now. They list him as a defensive end, six foot three, two hundred and sixty pounds. And let's just put it this way: if uh, Viliami plays anything like his father, you've got a future stud on the defensive line for BYU. Any of you who watch Sione Puha play for Utah know what the Puhas can do on the defensive line. Vili will play defensive end right now for BYU, uh, whereas his dad played defensive tackle. But I, I look forward to seeing what Vili can do because he was a very, very solid football player at Bingham High School before for his mission, and uh, excited to have him as a member of the BYU football program. Back to the defensive backfield we go now with Tommy Prassis out of Basha High School down there in Arizona. Uh, I talked about long, rangy athletes that Jay Hill likes to have at safety. Well, six foot two, 190 pounds is exactly what the doctor ordered when it comes uh, to Jay Hill in this BYU defense. So looking forward to seeing what Prassis can do. Uh, he will have a chance, I think, early on, especially with how many injuries BYU absorbed at safety this past year, to compete for playing time very, very quickly. So keep an eye on him. Looking forward to seeing him uh, down the road. Adney Reed is up next. Now, Adney Reed is an incredible story. He did play for Spanish Fork High School before his parents uh, went to serve as mission presidents uh, for the LDS Church in Australia. He has been attending the King School down there in Australia during that time, playing rugby mostly. But he's got six, he's six foot five, two hundred and twenty five pounds, and it really feels like uh, he is kind of this mystery out there of what he can do. They list him as a defensive end for BYU, but how much more will Adney grow? Uh, that's the question because he grew a lot during his time in Australia already. Will he fill out that six foot five frame? Could he end up as a defensive tackle down the road? TBD, but a very, very intriguing athlete. Much like Danny Saili, who we talk about now. Danny Saili, we already talked about him earlier this week. Absolute space eater uh, for BYU defensive tackle. Six foot three, 355 pounds at a Hutchinson Community College in uh, Kansas. A guy who grew up in Topeka, Kansas, and flipped from Texas Tech to BYU. BYU needs solid, stout defensive linemen who can hold the point of attack on the interior of their defensive line. Well, I can tell you one thing. Danny will be able to do that because very few people can single-handedly move a 350-pound mountain of human being. And Danny Saili brings a lot of beef at minimum, but the best part, he's got a lot of skills. Also had four sacks as a junior college player this past season. Uh, Cannon Skidmore, long snapper out of uh, Red Mountain High School in Arizona. When uh, BYU gives a scholarship to a long snapper, tells you this kid's got some very, very good skills. And Skidmore does add to that. Obviously, he'll come in looking to uh, make 
make an imprint on the BYU football program when he enrolls. Six foot two, 200 pounds. Uh, long snappers come in all shapes and sizes, but Cannon Skidmore, uh, worth the scholarship in BYU's eyes. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Carson Sue Sue is up next, an athlete out of Granger High School, originally from the Bay Area. Six foot five, 215 pounds. Yes, he is listed as an athlete. He could play wide receiver, tight end, defensive end, even linebacker down the road after he returns from a mission. Uh, we'll see what his frame does. But 6'5", 215, you cannot teach that size. And if it ultimately uh, worse comes to worse, he still could play quarterback for BYU if they really needed him to. But they are excited to have him in the football program. You can tell that he's excited to be a part of it. His parents, uh, Maury, who's a big-time trainer, has been very, very vocal about what they like about BYU. And I expect that Carson Sue Sue will be a welcome addition to BYU after his mission. Uh, Reiner Swanson, six foot four, 235-pound tight end at a Laguna Beach High School in Southern California. Reiner has got the uh, surfer hair, the surfer mentality, but he's an incredible football player. He runs routes like a polished athlete at the, high, at the college level already as a high school senior. He's going to come to BYU for a year. He's that young, actually. He's going to enroll in January, go through spring camp, summer workouts, and on into the 2024 football season, and then we'll go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's got great size, as I mentioned, 6'4", 235. As, as I think he, has he even turned 18 yet? I'm assuming he has, but he's got an incredible ability as a tight, and I look forward to seeing what he can offer as a freshman this year. Him and uh, a guy like, uh, well, let's say all the tight ends of BYU have got to be on notice with a guy like Reiner Swanson incoming to this football program because he's got a lot of talent. Up next, Luke Toa Malataya, defensive tackle out of Long Beach City College, six foot three, three hundred and five pounds. BYU, as I mentioned, needs some big bodies in the middle of this defense. They've got uh, the size that uh, can really hold up against opposing Big Twelve defense, uh, excuse me, offensive lines. And uh, Toa Malataya adds to that mix for BYU. I would expect that his explosiveness had, uh, I think, it was ten and a half sacks this past year at the junior college level. Will uh, stand out as a pass rush uh, type player for BYU at defensive tackle, but he obviously has got the size to hold up against the run as well, and that's a positive for the BYU football program to have him here. Uh, Sonny Tuala, we talked about him on yesterday's podcast, 6'5", 260 pounds out of Citrus College in California. He is the next Ziggy Ansaw, and I don't say Ziggy Ansaw's name very uh, without saying it's it's very interesting to see the comparisons between these two. Sonny Tuala played rugby growing up, 6'5", 200 160 pounds. Reportedly runs a 4-5-40. Sound familiar to the Ziggy Ansaw story? Yes, it does. He's got three years of eligibility, and what can this guy ultimately accomplish for BYU down the road? How much bigger will he get? What will he do in the weight room? What can he do as a pass rush specialist for BYU potentially early on in his career? There are comparisons to Ziggy Ansaw, and I don't think it's far off to think that he has that type of uh, talent in him if he can realize that potential. Sticking with the pass rush, let's talk about DeVoe Tuatonga out of uh, Cedar Valley High School, 6'6", 245 pounds. I wish that Tuatonga was coming to BYU as a freshman. He's going to go on a mission and enroll in a couple of years, but he was a great football player for Cedar Valley High School. It's a stone's throw away, speaking of uh, Cedar Valley, from my house, and this was a kid that stood out the second he got off the off the bus. At 6'6", 245, you don't see that a lot at the high school level. He's got elite size, elite pass rush ability, and I cannot wait 
wait to see him back in Provo uh, when he does enroll for BYU. Let's flip over to the offensive line as we come down to our final three here. Ignacio Tupo, offensive lineman from Palo Alto High School, 6'6", 290 pounds. Uh, Icky is going to be a stud for BYU down the line. He has got every uh, capability of being an impact offensive lineman for BYU. I would assume he plays tackle uh, for BYU uh, when he finally gets up to speed when it comes to playing for the BYU offense, but he has got every skill you want in an offensive lineman. There's a reason why BYU staff was super, super excited to have him as a member of their football program when he committed. It was a big recruiting win for BYU to get him out of the Bay Area, and the hope is that he will uh, continue to increase in terms of his overall ability, and oh, by the way, increase the visibility of BYU amongst athletes out there in the Bay Area as well. Maybe help BYU uh, build a little bit of a pipeline out to the Bay Area as well. Sam Vanderhaar, transfer punter from Pitt. We had him on this podcast. He offers that two-footed ability as a punter for BYU. You can do that rugby-style kick. Also can do the set kicking motion as well. He's worked a lot on his skills. I look forward to seeing what he can do as he competes for playing time as a punter with BYU. They just lost... um, uh, uh, Ryan Rico to the NFL draft. His younger brother, uh, the younger Rico, uh, I'm speaking of uh, Ryan Rico's uh, brother, is going to compete with Sam here, but I would expect both of them will make each other better. I mentioned that Sam is from Australia. Uh, that Aussie connection continues for BYU. Three Aussies, uh, three guys with connections to Australia uh, coming in this recruiting class. Very, very exciting stuff. And our final uh, uh, superlative goes uh, to Enoch Watson, a quarterback out of uh, American Leadership Academy in Arizona. Arizona, six foot three, two hundred and two pounds, and folks, Enix is going to serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. But when he gets back, look forward to seeing him being a member of this football program. He's got uh, uncles who played for BYU. I'm speaking of his uh, the uncles. Uh, they were the linebackers. Um, now the name is escaping me all of a sudden, but nonetheless, Enoch Watson is an elite talent, folks. He's got all the ability to elevate the BYU football program as a quarterback. The arm, the speed, the athleticism. BYU wants dual-threat quarterbacks in their system. That's what Enoch Watson is. Uh, He played in a run-heavy offense for the first few years of his high school career. Realized, you know what, I'm never going to be noticed if I play in this type of an offense. Made the transition to playing for both Ty Detmer and Max Hall down there at American Leadership Academy, and he was a stud his senior year. Looking forward to seeing what this kid can offer in just a few years' time and uh, would uh, obviously expect that he will be an impact guy for BYU down the road if all goes well. All right, there you go. That's what I got for you guys on uh, this signing day edition of the podcast. As I mentioned, there's probably some names that pop up between uh, now and then or over the next week or so of guys signing. We haven't heard it on like guys like Mark Collins, the transfer cornerback from Weber State. If and when they do sign, we'll talk about them on the podcast. We'll also get a YouTube short up uh, with some thoughts on them as well, giving you guys uh, insight on all of that. But nonetheless, uh, thank you for bearing with me on a long edition of the podcast, but nonetheless, a fun one all the same. A great recruiting class for BYU. It feels like it's only getting better for BYU and I hope that you guys are enjoying uh, what we're doing here on the podcast and hopefully uh, you're celebrating signing day as well. So that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Thank you for your support as always. Appreciate all of you for making it your first listen of the day and thank you to all of you who are everydayers on the podcast as well and until tomorrow uh, we'll be back with you guys again soon. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.